Hello, it's me, Richard Herring. How are you doing? Good, I'm all right as well. Look, I won't hold you up too much. I know you're desperate to hear me talking to someone on the podcast, not just me talking to you. In a way, you should be glad I'm talking to you. That's better, isn't it, than me talking to Rebecca Front? I'm actually talking to you personally, us one-to-one. How are you? Hmm. Oh, really? Oh, it's good. Yeah, I'm all right as well. Yeah, I wasn't interested. I wasn't interested in you or your stupid life. Uh, if you like my show, why not go to gofasterstrike.com? You can buy some DVDs to pay me back for all the hard work we've put into these. It'd be good if they're my DVDs. You can buy Stuart Lee DVDs or lots of other people's DVDs there, but I won't get any of that money. But Go Faster Strike will, so do support them. Uh, or you can buy a badge at gofasterstrike.com slash badges, either monthly or just a one-off if you just want to chuck a quid or two our way. Anyway, without further ado... Let's do it, shall we? Let's do a podcast. This isn't a podcast, me just talking, is it? No. Let's do me talking properly in front of an audience. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. You're much better than last week's audience. <laughs> Will you please welcome a man who was eating a cornetto that he has technically paid for. Please welcome Richard Herring. <laughs> Love to see you all. Thank you for coming. It's lovely to see you all. Uh, welcome to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. Or is, there's a few, I've noticed a few cool kids have started calling it Leicester Park. Ah, there's quite a lot of them in tonight. Uh, and so uh, I'm very excited. I was away on tour uh, last week. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's exciting. Uh, as you know, I'm, uh, my wife and uh, my pregnant wife is at, at home. It's that kind of week. So, so as, as I was away, I was thinking, you know, I've got... Oh, special things waiting at home for me because what I knew is that uh, my new iPhone 6 uh, had arrived at home just after I'd left and uh, there it is, so I was very excited. And I thought, you know, I might die before I got to see the actually hold it. That was the terrible fear I had, so uh, very nice. And the amazing thing is, I predicted the iPhone 6 years ago. If you watch Christ on a Bike DVD, it was, there were only iPhone 4s there, and I said, one day there'll be an iPhone 6, and people, it looked to me like I was mad, but there it is. I'm like Sally Morgan. Uh, so, um, there will never be an iPhone 7, though, I, I, I guarantee that. I'm like Nostradamus on this stuff, I'm telling you, you will find out. So it's very exciting to have uh, an overpriced phone. That At least this one doesn't, the battery doesn't tick down in front of your face yet. <laughs> Literally, the other one I had, just, I could see it just going down. It would last 30 minutes if I was lucky. So um, uh, we'll just meet uh, some of our audience. Oh, we've seen all these guys before. What about, are you the guy that I've said you're, you, you haven't been here before, but you have been here before for the last two times? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and what was your name again? I should know. James, you've been here so often. What fun stuff have you been up to this week, James? What have you done this week that has been exciting for you? What, is the, what amazing things have happened to you this week? I went on the internet. You went on the internet for a bit. <laughs> when you say for a bit, do you mean like for a bit or just for a while? <laughs> for, for a bit, okay. Yeah, well, it's, fair. it's good, it's good for that. Uh, and uh, uh, what, do, what, what's, uh, what, what, what do you do again? It's IT or something. It's, uh, it's so rude of me, I should know what you do. You're not a nuclear physicist, because that's this guy. Is it, do you know each other? That's my dad. Oh, is it your dad? You've had... <laughs> You've had sex with a lady. <laughs> that's incredible. I should come to you, because he's turned out pretty well. I, to be honest, I thought it was your, I thought it was your boyfriend. I didn't, want, I didn't want to... I don't want to stereotype nuclear physicists, but I think they're all predatory homosexual, aren't they? <laughs> 
that's, well, that's what I thought. So you've turned that around, and that is a wonderful, wonderful. Thing. Have you got any uh, advice for me as a as a as a father? What I should do to make a son turn out as well as this? Get lots of sleep while I can. That's good. Am I allowed to sleep when they're a, when they're a, a child and just leave my wife to do it? Is that what you did? Yeah, yeah good. that's good to know. Uh, have you not gone into the nuclear physicist business? No. Does that, does that disappoint you? Because that's if my child is not a comedian, I'm going to leave it on a hillside and disown it. That's the way I look at it. There's no money in nuclear physics, but there's bombs. Though. That's the thing. There is bombs. What do you? What, what, what do you do? Ryan, what you do? You're in a band. You, uh, you should be in a band, you're good looking. He's very good looking. Uh, I'm going to that. It's kind of, when I say that to you, it's really a, a massive insult to say, he's very, he's very good looking. So, uh, uh, I'm, I'm not sure it is your child. Uh, so, um, well, tell me what you do. I've got to get, get Rebecca on. Unemployed. You're unemployed. Yeah. Good luck finding. Have you thought about nuclear physics? <laughs> nuclear physics? It's lovely to have you back. Thank you for coming along. And uh, we will... Um, I thought, you know, I tried to be nice to the audience this week, but it's still, I still came out... I'm a horrible person, I've realised. So I would just like to apologise to that man in Manchester with the whole Cornetto thing. But, you know, maybe just man your till properly. That's all I'm saying. So um, that was the lesson for you. What I didn't tell Sarah Millican is that I also, every time I go to a service station, I steal one pick and mix from every pick and mix that I go past. Because they're really expensive. I reckon over the course of a tour, I could steal about £60 worth of stuff just from one suite at a time. But I would quite like to see what the authorities would do if I was caught stealing one suite. Whether they would... I'm just... You know, if I get caught, I'm delighted. If I don't get caught, free suites. That's the way I look at it. So, uh, you know, people are very disappointed in me. Kind of old Richard Maidley uh, feeling going on there. So, um... <laughs> Just to disappoint people are generally disappointed in him. That is all I was implying. There's another edit for you, Ben. So, um, <laughs> I didn't say a thing. Will you please welcome a woman who is best known for being Amanda Snell in the fantastic ITV show, You Can Choose Your Friends. That is what everyone remembers. And Vicky Jackson in Time, Gentlemen, Please. She was in London in Rosic's Rick and World and Fist of Fun. She's also the host of Rule of Three. A, a quiz show that I wrote for that never made it to series. <laughs> and it uh, was in Shush, a library sitcom that I script edited that never made it to series. <laughs> all of those things, all of those famous things have a connection with me. Will you please welcome Rebecca Front, ladies and gentlemen. Rebecca Front. It's Rebecca Front from everything. She is from everything. Come in, sit down. How are you doing? Do you know, I had, I had actually forgotten that you were connected with some of those things. I was exactly. Awful? And they're all the, thing, they're the only things that you've done that have not won awards. No, that that's is true. not true. It is that's true. not true at all. <laughs> it's, there's a Time strong Gentleman connection. Please went on and on and on forever. It did, but no one, you know, no one Nobody liked it. watched it. it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. It you know, paid for my house. I told, nice. I told you that story about, because that was one of the few, one of the only shows where I had a catchphrase. Yes. My cat, well, actually, I had a few in that, but my, uh, whenever I, my character came on, I had to go, hello, like that. Hilarious. You don't time. need to. And, um, <laughs> you can tell from that reaction how many people remember that. <laughs> and then sometime after, well, I suppose when the second series was going out, my, my mother-in-law at the time was, was quite ill, 
and uh, there's already a downer in the room. And I took her to a hospital appointment because I'm fundamentally a very, very nice person. And I took her to this hospital appointment. We're sitting there and she was kind of slightly confused and, and distressed because she was at this hospital appointment. And all of a sudden, this porter came barreling down the corridor towards her and went, hello! <laughs> and she really, she leapt out of her seat, just went, why did he do that? Why did he do that? Why is that man shouting? I just know it's going, it's just, I'm, on, I'm in this show on the telly that you've never seen, and amazingly somebody has. And it's <laughs> very the one time I got recognised. I've that. been recognised, because I played the postman in that series, no, in no. the first series, uh, about four times, and I've occasionally been recognised as just the postman. That's all they know that I've done. You're the postman, you're Mike the postman. Whatever, did you not get any other work after that? No, that was all I ever did. You've not tried telling them you were actually a postman. He was, yeah, should have done. In real life. He should have been. There were no fat postmen, apparently, so he should have known. But you're uh, very slim, Richard. I am now, but I wasn't when that man recognised me. So there we go. Uh, and, uh, and you were in... You can choose your, who remembers you can choose your friends? <laughs> that was good, though. It was really good. No, that was a really good programme. No, well, obviously not. That was one. That's the last thing I had on 2007, that was. <laughs> That's quite a long time. That, is terrible. <laughs> that was the last. That's the last time I was on TV. So uh, have you been I ruined anything? it for you. Maybe that's what happened. Could there. be. If I hadn't been in that, I yeah. would have got a series and gone yeah, run, 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 and run. Could be that. That's probably what it was. <laughs> Me, Julia McKenzie, and Claire Skinner. Yeah. <laughs> ruined it. For it did. You. It's, it's all those talented people. Because Claire Skinner's people. done nothing since. Nothing. Has she? Nothing. Like I remember when, when we were she played my sister in that, and we were in the. Garden did go and scene together. She said, "Oh, I'm doing a, I'm doing a lot of things with comedians at the moment because there's a and half a double act. Because I'm doing this other show about a family that with Hugh Dennis. I don't know what's going to happen with that. I wonder. I wonder which of these two things will go on to be a massive success. <laughs> well, there's no way of knowing, is there? That's what she said to me. Uh, so uh, it was all right. It was all right. Uh, so." Uh, Oh, I'm just going to cry now. I'm going to die. No, no, save uh, that for later. But uh, I first saw you in the mid-1980s in The Bobo Girls. At, did you I think, I, think I saw you at the Oxford Playhouse. You came back and did, like, one gig at a charity thing in the... Is that just your way of mentioning that I'm a bit older than you? Yeah, you're slightly <laughs> you older. You came back, you you're know. slightly older, but only slightly older. Only very slightly. Um, yes, indeed, Bobo Girls, musical double act. It's so, about the Bobo Girls getting back together. I'm seeing her for lunch tomorrow, about the other Bobo Girls. Um, no, I no. don't think that's going to happen. It was like a musical... Yeah, we did sketches and we did songs, and I wrote all the songs. My right. brother wrote all the sketches. Um, and then my friend Sean Ed William and I did them, did yeah. the songs and the sketches. And um, yeah, I mean, we got a couple of radio series. I think we touted for telly, but we didn't really get anywhere. And then Sean Ed had become a radio producer by the time we did the second series and actually had already, I think, decided that that was sort of the way she wanted to go. She wanted to go into production. And, I, and the second series we did on radio was produced by Armanando Yarnanucci. Oh, yes. And so it. around the time Sean Ed was deciding she wanted to go into production... Armanando um, said, I'm doing a couple of shows and do you want to come and... I remember him saying, do you ever do anything without Sean Ed? And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, obviously. And then he said, and do you ever do anything which doesn't involve singing? So I, <laughs> I said, yeah, quite a lot, actually. I mean, that's that sort of menu I do. So he got me in, first of all, to the Mary Whitehouse experience. And I did a couple of sketches in that. And then he got me into On the Hour. On the Hour, which I wrote for <laughs> and did win awards. So your yes. theory goes down the toilet. <laughs> 
But that was, oh, we had Steve Coogan on uh, last week. I know, remember how him? was he? He was very, he was, he, he's matured into a fine young man. If you he's, ignore all the stuff got, that he does. We're not, nobody's listening to this. No, I can no. say something privately. And yeah. He's got rough. Very good looking. Yeah, I mean, he was always kind of, you know, he's very attractive. There was now. a ruggedness to him, yeah. yeah Though he looked a bit like a teacher aged last really week. really well. Well, maybe that's my He time. had his hair cut a bit weird. He, that was by his own admission. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it was, that was, uh, did you realise at the time when that group of people were brought together by Armando that it was going to turn, you know, explode into this uh, phenomenon <laughs> of its generation? Um, no. Uh, no, I mean, I think, I, I'm, I was interested in what you were saying earlier about, because I'm a terrible pessimist, so I never think good of anything. I always think everything's going to turn out disastrously. So no, I certainly didn't think it was going to be a massive hit. Um, and of course, it wasn't a massive hit in the sense that it was, I mean, it's still, it stayed, I think it's lasted, it's stayed the test of time, yeah. lasted the court, I don't know what the phrase is, but anyway, it's, it's kind of, it holds up. Yeah. Um, but I, it didn't feel like it was a massive hit. It's not like we were being kind of, you know, paparazzied and, no. and sort of people were kind of coming up to us in the streets and going, I just want to say I love your show, or anything like that. So it was a very slow burn, and it had very small viewing yeah. figures, even on tele, in listening figures on radio. And, yeah. um, so it didn't feel like a massive thing, but it, it did feel like a very, very, very good thing. I yeah. didn't know that it, this was what I wanted to do, that kind of comedy. What was it like working with Patrick Marber? Well, I love Patrick. I was in the Oxford Review with Patrick. Yeah. But the way you phrase that, though, well, I love Patrick. I, I love this Patrick. Because of you and Stu, because I spent so much time at the beginning of my career working with you and Stu, who were, who always seemed, well, dare I say, to have a slight problem. <laughs> <laughs> I never fully understood. It, to I be think honest. it was made partly in fun. Yeah, well, I hope it was. But no, I love Patrick, and I, I did the Oxford Review with him, oh, and yeah. um, so I spent a lot of time, with him. and it was. Patrick, really, when I started doing things like on the hour, he was the only one I knew. Because right. I didn't know Armando or anybody else at all. So Patrick was my, my kind of buddy. Mm -hmm. I knew Dave Schneider a little bit. Mm. So there. Okay. That's hoist you, it's your petard. Right. That's okay. Isn't it? And you are afraid of going in lifts. <laughs> it's weird. What's that about? Um, yes. Have you, but you've been in a lift quite recently. Have you, got, have you, got, have you managed to go back in? You've got claustrophobia. No, yeah. I mean, really it's quite serious, really. Bad claustrophobia. Um, it's. Uh, I went in one yesterday. I'm trying to do them all the time. Not right. all the time, but quite a lot. Of Only when you need to go upstairs. <laughs> well, that's my advice. No, no, or that's down. the thing with okay. with therapy. I'm having cognitive therapy, which is which okay. is supposed to help with phobias. No, it's not only when you need to go upstairs. <laughs> it's ridiculous. You just do them. You just have to. Every time you see a lift, you have to go. Oh, better get in that then. <laughs> so, have you have you seen the film Sliding Doors? Because that is it's very like. Yeah, you have to be careful of doing that because you might change your life completely. Well, I, yeah, but I might come out not a claustrophobic. That's true. And that would be quite but that's a good Because you made that part of the, when you're in the thick of it, the part of your character in mm. the thick of it was she had to go upstairs everywhere, partly yeah. because you have to go upstairs everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I, well, Armando just is very good at sort of plundering bits like that yeah. from people's lives. And he, he didn't know, actually, that I was... Claustrophobic. I assumed he did because his office was on the fourth floor, fifth floor, and I would always arrive going. <gasps> I think he just thought I was asthmatic, but I just assumed he thought he knew I was claustrophobic. Um, and I'm sure I'd left him at the doors of lifts and things and said, "I'll meet you upstairs." I don't know what he thought, but anyway, he didn't know. So when I he was just saying, you know, we look, we film a lot of these things, um, walking down corridors, and there's a lot of motion, a lot of movement going on, and sometimes in and out of lifts, and, and I just went, "Whoa, just going to stop you there." <laughs> And then he beetled off to the writer's room. Right. <laughs> and said, right, make her a claustrophobic. It'd be hilarious. But it was, because, I mean, it was but actually. If you're playing a character idea. who isn't claustrophobic, are you able to... 
be non-claustrophobic. Well, theoretically, it would yeah. work like that, but yeah. I'm not that good an actress. But I think <laughs> in, in theory, you should, I should be so much in character that yeah. if my character isn't claustrophobic. That is, in fact, one of the things that you talk, we've talked about in, in therapeutic. I'm <laughs> terrible at not telling you everything about my cognitive therapy. Um, but we have talked about that sort of thing. Can I, See, could I try is, pretending? This is kind of therapy. It this is, is and, I, and I'm being paid, which is fantastic. <laughs> it's nice. Um, but yeah, that notion of could, could I get in a lift and pretend to be not scared? But it turns out I'm not, I'm a bit shit. <laughs> no, no, I can't. And do you know, did it come from, I, I was reading, I haven't read your, you've, you've written a book about... Uh, you haven't read my book. haven't read it. I realised today, oh, I probably should have read that. Yeah. But what I did instead, it might have been nice, Richard. I read a couple of reviews of it and I reckon right. I picked up, I reckon I picked up enough to bluff my way through. Right. Wasn't there something to do with Durham Cathedral? Was that what got you in, uh, cla- into, into claustrophobia? <laughs> Yeah, it was. It was the, the spiral tower of Durham Cathedral on right. a very hot, very crowded day. I'm not going to tell you any more than that because you've got to buy the books. Buy the books, of course. It's coming out in paperback soon. You can buy it then. It'll be much no. cheaper in paperback. I, I, I could probably get a free copy. Well, you, you could. I've got a whole box of them at home, but I'm not giving you one now because you've made no but effort whatsoever. What I often do is when I'm in shops, I just steal things uh, or just throw the money. I might just throw the money vaguely at someone I think might be in charge of the shop. But don't you only steal tiny amounts of things? I do, yeah. I might you're just like, steal a page at a time. You're a sort of homeopathic thief. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a tiny amounts of stuff. You could just have the dust jacket of my book. You yeah, could nick that, that would from be a good. shop from Waterston somewhere. So that, but so there a lot, but then that, that's quite. If things are so in rooted in, because there's a couple of things. They've got a few little uh, phobias. There was a like a final destination style fear that uh, everyone was going to die in your family, which because I'm obsessed with death. Yeah, no, no, I've got big problems with death. Um, uh, uh, yes, that was that was. I was school phobic for. I am a yeah. bit of a nut. I mean, it must be said, I am a bit. Um, that's not a phrase that we use in the mental health community. <laughs> if you are um, one, you're allowed to use that I, phrase. I'm allowed that's to say okay. it about myself. Yeah. I, I'm very sympathetic towards everybody else's problems. Um, but yeah, I, school phobia for a bit. Stopped going to school for a term. Yeah. Then started again. Um, claustrophobia. I'm a terrible hypochondriac. I mean, really oh, awful. Does that mean you're not very good at being a hypochondriac? <laughs> it means I'm like really, really, really good at it. <laughs> Uh, you can't count. You can't count that as a phobia. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, well, that's what sort of. So, you're a very sensitive child, or just because you're obviously very clever. You went to Oxford University, and you have to be very clever to go there. Yes, yes, indeed, you do. Although they were letting anybody in the year I went, <laughs> as we've established a couple of years before you went. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I suppose I was a sensitive child, and and I come from quite a neurotic family. I mean, we're they're lovely, Mike. You were, as you'll know when when you read my book. Yes. Um, they're fabulous, my family, and we're very, very, very close. You've probably met them at some point because my family come to all sorts of things, and yeah. they're very supportive, and they're lovely. But we are all a bit, you know, mad. <laughs> <laughs> but that's good. But like on on actor terms, you seem the most sane actor I've ever met. So. Oh, I'm really good at seeming sane. Yeah. Really good. People often say that to me. Like, God, you say, how are you so calm? You're yeah. so relaxed. I'm absolutely not. I'm absolutely not. I'm a bundle of nerves and anxiety. But I have one um, killer trait which really works in my favour, which is I've got a low voice. And if you've got a low voice, <laughs> it's just inst- I just have a low voice, but people think you're calm. It's right. a really bizarre thing that people just think you're very... 
chilled. I'm not. I'm just I'm, I'm a crazed person with a low voice. Yeah. I'm, I'm just not sure. I've met a lot of actors and, you know, you seem like a regular person. Uh, so, which is, you know, that's the highest compliment I can pay you as an actor. <laughs> <laughs> you but are being much nicer to me than you were. You told Sarah that she wasn't very intelligent because she believed in ghosts. I know. No, I said, no, I said she would believe in ghosts because she wasn't very intelligent. Right. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's much ruder than, than you. <laughs> than you, worse, you don't though, believe in ghosts, do you, Rebecca? I would really like to. <laughs> no. I no, I don't, to be honest. But I, I love ghost stories. I love hearing people talking about ghosts, and I'd love to. I love yeah. the idea of that. So do I, but that's why I asked that question. And, uh, but, and also, with me and Sarah, we deliberately try and... She takes it as a compliment because she knows that I'm doing it so that she can come back at me with something but worse. She was crying back She was crying backstage. But that was... Well, she was really genuinely upset. Yeah, I, t- I take that as a victory. So, uh, that's... <laughs> I she was also crying said she was, she was she genuinely doesn't like you. Yeah. Me, anyway, you believe what you want to believe. That's Richard. right. As long as it leads to good entertainment. I was. Uh, no, that's the thing. It wasn't even entertaining. Just slightly embarrassing. And people were applauding me. It was awkward. It was. Though, wasn't it? It was just unpleasant. It's the comedy of awkwardness. All about? You get people in. You're just horrible. To <laughs> I know. Them. It's just nasty. I don't know. Stop what, I don't, it. I don't know what's wrong with me. Can I just me? say one thing? Don't do that with your child. Okay. Really. It's not a good idea. Well, you can give I me advice. You have had. You've had your. You. We wrote into Time, Gentlemen, Please. Your second child. You, you became pregnant. It was such a long series. <laughs> I'm going to say you became pregnant during the filming of it. It wasn't like that. It was, I think you became pregnant at home. It was a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it was such a long record that we, you started off not being pregnant, became pregnant, and were pregnant enough during the series that we had to put it into the yeah, script. Indeed. So Miss Jackson had a, had a baby with... Um, with, yeah, who was the It dad? was Barry, Uncle Barry, the, Uncle uh, who was Barry. At my absolute favourite character in time. If you haven't seen Time, Gentlemen, please. It's, it's really it's good. Really it's really amazingly good. Uh, Uncle Barry was, Uncle Barry was uh, the, the pub landlord's uh, elderly uncle, who probably was his father as well, but we didn't, you know, that was the implication. And he had kind of jet black hair, but every time, every week, something would get poured on his head and it would all be dye and it would all come down his face. Uh, it was absolutely... But it uh, was really funny. It was, it was funny. It was funny, it was very funny. But then, he, and then you had a little baby who had jet black hair. Yeah. I feel sorry for that baby. That's right. We I did didn't. paint the baby's head black yeah. so that it could... You were going to use my baby. Was there, was, there was some discussion did, about, about when and did you the say baby no? was born. No, I think... No, I think... I seem to remember we we did discuss it, and I think I yeah. quite liked the idea. And then I thought, actually, that's going to be a pain in the ass, yeah. isn't it? Because I'm going to have to change nappies as well as remembering lines. That's, and that's going to be and that dye might and that dye might yeah. give them brain damage of some kind. So, yeah. but probably we could find out that chance. Probably the actual baby we use will be like 12 years old now. Could, yeah, could get Indeed. on as a 13 in fact. as a guest. Mm. Yeah, because of course it's the same age as your baby, that's so that's baby. how you were able to do that. I thought, wow, she's good at maths. <laughs> Just went, how was my daughter? Oh yeah, it's that, that age. It was, a, it was a wonderful series. No one saw that. No one saw you. Could, you Could Choose Your Friends was up against uh, an episode of Big Brother where uh, someone used an offensive racial epithet. And that's why... So we, were getting, we got quite a lot of viewers up to the point where Big Brother started and then for the last half an hour everyone stopped watching. Uh, that's my excuse for the, for the numbers dropping. It was good, dropping. though. You can choose friends. It was beautifully yeah. written. I mean, you can't say that because you wrote it, but it was beautifully written. It was very good. 
I'm your biggest fan, Richard. I know you, you are. You were, you were You've very... got somebody on this stage who actually likes you I and know. admires you. <laughs> Enjoy it. It was. It's enough for me that you liked it, Rebecca. You're the <laughs> only person who did. Uh, so Lauren Bacall stole your husband's chip. Is the chapter of the book? Yeah. Is one of the chapters yeah. in the book that you have failed to buy. <laughs> yes, my book Curious, available in all good bookshops. Um, yes. Can you get it on Kindle? Yeah. Yeah, I should and really e-book. have done that. Shouldn't I? That was easy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you really made no effort yeah, whatsoever. There's an, e- there's an audio book with me reading. Is there? You could have done that as well. It's oh. cheaper than the hardback, but no, nothing. Nothing after all I've done for you. <laughs> I'll buy a hundred copies on the way out. Um, uh, and you're not, what happened with Lauren Bacall though? I wouldn't, oh, I'll read the book. <laughs> that's not, you can't do that with all my questions though, read the book. That's no, actually, not how Lauren, it's going to Lauren Bacall, that's, we, we use that as a chapter, I say we, it makes it sound like I didn't write it, but my, my editor was quite keen to use it as a chapter title, even though that is basically the story. <laughs> that's it really. Um, I took my husband out for dinner for his birthday. Yeah. And, and to Lauren McCall's house. <laughs> no, but a posh restaurant. Yeah. And this woman sort of walked past and took one of the chips off his plate. That's and, very um, rude. And very rude. And so, you know, he's, he kind of did that. Like, you know, who did that? And it was Lauren Bacall. I mean, what are the chances <laughs> of that happening? She could do that whenever she wants. Yeah, she could. She's like and me and pick a mix. That was, yeah. <laughs> so well, I no. think if anyone sees me, I will be sent to pick. That, don't, would that be good? Do you think that would be good for my career? If, Stealing pick a mix. Well, if I'm caught and then there's... You know, it wouldn't make the news, would it? No one would get a man, a man who was once on TV in 2007, stole a... I, what I steal is the ones, they're like Coca-Cola bottles, but they're, they're like, flavoured like bubble gum. Do you know those ones? No, they're good. They're, worth, they're not worth buying, but they are worth stealing. <laughs> I think you'd need to steal something more interesting than pick and mix if it's going to be good for you. I see myself as a Robin Hood figure, though, because I think... Do you give them to the poor? Not exactly, <laughs> but in, uh, c- compared to the pick and mix magnates mm. who make all the profit from pick and mix, I bought some. I felt a bit guilty about it, so this tour I did buy one small bag of pick and mix to make up for the six pick and mix that I had stolen on my various journeys. It cost one pound fifty nine for a hundred grams of pick and mix. Is that quite a lot? Then that is a lot. So it's like about ten p a sweet. I'm not really know twenty p a sweet. That does sound so like a lot. So I see me stealing pick and mix as a satirical because money is meaningless it's an abstract concept yeah. I tried yeah, to yeah, I, I know you'll saying, understand yeah. this mm. uh, no I didn't understand it but I do remember you saying <laughs> and so you know I'm satirising the whole idea yeah. of money by not using it you're, properly you're the Banksy of pick and mix really. yeah <laughs> and also you get free pick and mix at the end but it is a criminal so offence so I'm a criminal, so there's a, like an edginess to me that makes me, that gives me the sexiness that I've lost because I've become 10 years older than I used to be. Young women look at me and go, yeah, that's the guy who that's steals. The guy. Steal <laughs> and then they go, yeah, but he's stealing that cola bottle that tastes like bubblegum. That's really not sexy at all. If he was a licorice thief, that would be a whole other thing. If you had to choose between dating... I'm sorry that your son, 15-year-old son, is in the audience. If you had to choose between... I can't have no control over the character of Richard Herring. If you had to choose between... 
I feel embarrassed because I, I do genuinely, I see you, like, and I, you are, as we've established, very slightly older than me, and I do see you as an, old, an older sister figure. And that you were on, when you were on Lionel Nimrod, I was very intimidated by you because you're like a proper actress and proper oh, star. Yeah. And But then I was, and then lo- loads of comedy fans would come up to me and say, oh, God, what's it like working with Rebecca Front? She's so sexy. I go, do you not, do not talk about Rebecca Front like that. That is just, she is not sexy. She is above sexiness. So young men yeah. were coming up to yeah. you and saying Rebecca Front is sexy and yeah. you were saying don't talk to don't her you dare and don't talk. say that. Don't talk Thank to her. Thank you That's very all right. much, I was protected. Richard Herring. I see you very much, as I said backstage, like the Virgin Mary. <laughs> In a way, I thought I'd get the Virgin Mary and a whore on the shows this, <laughs> <laughs> this week. I thought I would do that and then I couldn't find... Jordan said she wouldn't come on. That is... <laughs> uh, so, uh, so I don't like having to ask. This is embarrassing for me to even have to ask you anything like right. this because I think you are above this and unsullied. <laughs> it's much more offensive than calling you a whore. Uh, if you... That man is furiously angry or just very excited by the idea the virgin whore dichotomy that all men have to... And women are allowed to be other things in between those two, or both. Uh, if you had to choose between uh, dating a man uh, who was a six-foot-tall penis, mm. with a face, though, obviously, it's not just going to be a penis. There's nothing weird means. about it. So it's on, the face is there. It's based on that two, those two Tory MPs, the one who, who sent the picture of his cock to that woman. He, I thought he looked quite like a penis. And then I saw Mark Reckless, who looks exactly like a penis. He doesn't have a neck but he has kind of a bald head. So it's like a penis, might have put like a little bit of a wig on to make it look like it's a head and just to kind of maybe wear a hat to cover up the, the little, you know, the meatus. Are we still Mark Reckless the ex- or are we now talking well, about the penis. penis they're, they're the same, one and the same. Okay. I'm giving you my inspiration for this question because some people, like Sarah, thought I was being weird for asking this question. Yeah, I know, I thought that was yeah. unfair. Yeah, it's a question I'm sure you get asked all the time. I do. So... Yeah. That's the man. He's a six-foot-tall man, but he is, uh, resembles exactly a penis. Oh, he resembles one. He's well, not one. Well, because he is one. He resembles a penis. There is a difference between a man who resembles well, a penis, which is, you know, not impossible. That I one mean, I don't... Well, this is a philosophical a discussion a because penis. I don't know whether he... If he was a penis, that implies that he used to be attached to some gigantic yes. mammal of some kind and has become detached and is now a separate penis... It does imply that. that much, right, but I imagine him as never having been attached to another animal, so he's a penis. Okay. I so would imagine it's like the elephant. Penis. It's like the elephant man, but so it's a man, but he's been born and he's been born as a penis, and his parents have gone, oh, giving him away to a fair, and <laughs> uh, Andy Hopkins has come in and said, oh, look, I'll try and give you a life, uh, and then uh, the penis decides to look, commit suicide by lying on his back. Okay, I've got that one. Okay. <laughs> oh. Spoiler alert on the plot of the Elephant Man there. <laughs> and the life of the Elephant Man, let's face it. It wasn't just a film, it was a real John Merrick, a real person. Uh, or a man who has, instead of a penis, has a tiny man who may one day become detached and go and live in a Lilliput kind of land where he is the six-foot-tall penis. No, that's not part of it. Uh, it's a man... It's a man who is a it's penis. It's like a regular man, but he's attached uh, to another man, and you'd have to date either the man who had the man instead of a penis, or 
I can't believe this is a complicated question. the will to live. Okay. I, I mean, I'm going for the man with the other man because that way you get two men, I suppose. Yeah. That's That would be all right because then if you get bored with one, you've still got the other one that you can talk to. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. But I mean, really rich. What? Really It's <laughs> a good question. I, as, as your older sister, can I just say this? <laughs> You are a clever man. You <laughs> went to took, Oxford. You took know. a long time Look to think of yourself. that question. <laughs> Look at what you've become. It's very hard to come up. It's very hard. Think of, think of the child if that I'm, is in your wife's you, womb right now. You've paid to come and see me. If I'm, <laughs> you like this so much. You, these people come every week. Even though I ask that to everyone, at least I... Change them around. These people a bit. come every week because they're hoping one day you might change. <laughs> they're waiting for redemption, and it it's not going to happen. It could be the case. All right, we'll we'll leave that. I'll ask you proper actor questions. I sense my questions are not welcome here. <laughs> uh, so, um, do you? You know, you're in Lewis. I don't watch this program. Well, you're too busy reading my book. <laughs> You're on everything. I can't. I've watched Grandma's House. That's really good. I've watched the thick of it. That's really good. Uh, I, I've watched some of Nighty Night. It was good. Not as good enough for me to watch the rest of it. <laughs> Don't worry. It was in the days before <laughs> everything was on everywhere, so you had to watch it. On and I forgot to watch it. Uh, you were good on it though. But in Lewis, that's like Inspector Morse, right? But then Inspector Morse died, and they thought, oh, it's a shame. And they thought. Can we, can we just carry on with a different bloke being Inspector Moore? Why don't we bump up the bloke, the bloke who was his sidekick? It, am I getting this right? Just it's let me know. A, yeah, so the bloke is like, let's make it about him. Mm. Are you hoping that Kevin Waitley will die so that then <laughs> you will get bumped up? No, because I'm not the sidekick. I'm no. the boss, you see, as you would know if you'd ever Oh, well, it's it. Billy Piper's husband. Is the... Indeed, it was Lawrence. Yeah. Uh, but when we, the first episode we did, we did a sort of pilot episode of that, and... Um, they used to, when, if, if you ever saw Morse, which you would have done. I did, yeah, it's great. Um, and it was a training it was amazing, video, really, but I thought, you know, I wouldn't watch this if he was dead. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That's not an idiot. It's called Morse, it's about him. But on Morse, they, yeah. obviously, like they do in police dramas, they had, um, they had a boss, they had a It's like if in Little and Large, if yeah. Large had died, you wouldn't go, oh, I'll carry on watching Little and Little did. and someone else. <laughs> Just come in little, and someone worse than little will come in. You'd start watching it. That's what I'm saying. Sorry, carry on. It's a different show. Anyway, the okay. point I'm making is, uh, the first episode we did, um, they, I'd been cast as the boss, and in Morse, in the original thing, they'd had an actor called, I think it was uh, an actor called James Grout who played the boss, who's a really fantastic actor. And we went to the, we had the, a press screening for this first sort of pilot episode of Lewis, and um, one of the press people went out in front of an audience of journalists like you know the whole all the guardian and the times and everybody and said well we're so excited about this new series you know lots of people really loved morse and they love the character of lewis and they're going to be so excited to see this new series and um and a lot of people are going to be looking forward to seeing james grout coming back sadly james hasn't been very well um so i'm really sorry to tell you <laughs> I'm really sorry to tell you we've got Rebecca Front. <laughs> and I was sitting there just thinking, oh, thanks very much. Everybody's really whipped up, ready for yeah. this. Yay, we've got Kevin Waitley, we've got Lawrence. And I'm really sorry, <laughs> sorry about this, but we've just, the only bit of shit that we yeah. could get was Rebecca Front. On the bright side, we don't think she has any major health problems, so yeah. we'll probably be able to do it. But if Who James Rat gets better, she'll be out. Don't worry, oh, we'll yeah, be out. Don't she'll be I'd out. Have to, no doubt. <laughs> Um, good. Uh, so, Grandma's House, is that done and dusted, or is there going to be more of those? I think it's done and 
which is, is a shame, really, because I was really enjoying that. It was good fun. It was good fun. We didn't. None of us really enjoyed doing the first series. It was really, really stressful. <laughs> um, and then we did really enjoy doing the second one. So ever since then, we've been nagging Simon and Dan Schweimer to write some more, but yeah. I don't think they want to. He's been, has he been off in America? And Simon's off touring and doing yeah. a lot of stand-up and Dan's busy writing other things. But, um, yeah, no, it's a shame because I love doing it and I made some really good friends doing it. Me and Sam Spiro, who played my sister, yeah. two sisters who hate each other and became really, really good, good friends. So it would have been nice to do some more, but there you go. Oh. I, could, I could write a thing where you're my mum and... Uh, <laughs> Could do it. You think anyone's going to buy that? <laughs> <laughs> if I'm Benjamin Button, I'm Benjamin Button. <laughs> yeah, I, I did actually think he looked like you on the cover of that uh, magazine. Did you? Yeah, Brad Pitt. Pitt. Yeah, yeah, I do look like Brad Pitt. That's why these people, a lot of these people, come thinking it's Brad Pitt. <laughs> have you? Have you ever? You've worked with pretty much everyone. Have you worked with Brad Pitt? I haven't worked with. Brad have you? Because like sometimes I saw like I was watching Wolf of Wall Street, which I mentioned. Uh, last week or two weeks ago, uh, which is a terrible film, but halfway through, uh, Joanna Lumley's in it. It's kind of fun when you see oh, that. Yeah, she is. When you right. see, and she kind of, and, and Leonardo DiCaprio tries to get off with her. Yeah, that's it's right. Quite, and that's that. kind of quite good fun when you, mm. you think that. Is there, is, there, is there anything like that? Have you been in those kind of. Uh, who's the. I haven't done any sort of big movie things, no. Um, although, you know. I'd be up Still for time. it. I'd be up for it. We'll <laughs> it came up. But um, no, I've just <clears throat> done... Uh, I'm doing some more dramas as well as comedy at the moment. Yeah. So I'm kind of nudging a little bit in that direction. But no, basically, I'm still doing the kind of crap you write. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I wish I could get you in. I wish I could write something that would get on. Uh, but, uh, um, well, because you were in the radio, Tom, my wife pointed me towards... Because uh, my research was so bad, I didn't see this. That uh, uh, you were in the Radio Times talking about uh, older actors and actresses. Oh God. Was it in the magazine? Yeah, I think. Well, it was on the web. web it was website. on the website. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that was one of those. Yes. Hmm. I just I was doing an interview about the book, yeah. and um, so I just was chatting, and then yes, you have to be slightly careful what you say because <laughs> things get out on websites. I mean, it wasn't a pri- there wasn't an audience, so I suppose I was kind of happy to say it in public, but um, but of course also it always. It's always slightly different. It's slightly truncated when you see it written down. It's not quite because what it, what I'd said in this interview was I was talking about um, about the, there being fewer. You know, it, it's the thing that you hear actors saying all the time or actresses saying all the time that as you get older there are fewer parts and so on. And touch wood, I mean, I'm getting quite a lot of parts, yeah. so I wasn't moaning about that. But what I was saying was that I I'd been sent quite a few scripts where the character that I'm supposed to go up for, I'm supposed to, or I'm being offered is meant to be, according to the script, is meant to be 60 or 65. And I'm not 60 or 65. I'm very considerably younger than that. And the point I was making was they shouldn't, you know, if they're offering parts of 60 and 65-year-olds to women who are in their late 40s or early 50s, then what are the actresses who are 60 or 65 going to get? And it has a knock-on effect. And I think the way it was reported was sort of, I I now get cast as 65-year-olds, which I like to think I don't. But I don't think that's why... I don't think it's because casting director looking at me and thinking well you're clearly 65 I think it's just that thing of they think well, we don't want to have a 65 year old so we'll get someone like her in I think that's that was what the yeah. point I was trying to make it's, a, it's an odd thing about um, I mean it's a, it's a very difficult profession being an actor I mean obviously you're doing writing as well so you've mm. got that, that's if it, if it does all go <laughs> it wrong goes it's, up, you know, but no but it's but that's it is you know I think we were talking to uh, Sarah about uh female comedians being judged in certain ways but then there is this kind of uh, I think TV increasingly is about youth isn't it oh, I mean it even is, like yeah. we're talk, so 
old tricks. Now, Nick, we were talking about this the other week. Nicholas Lindhurst is yeah. now old enough to be in old tricks, yeah. which that's not right. That's like they've gone, Tans- someone's Tans- gone Tans- old, old tricks. It's, really it's like all old people. Mm. Can't we get some younger people in this to be? Yeah. <laughs> to do that's the point. It's about to be a group of old people. Then they've got like a 50 year old man in there. Well, and there's a, there's a sort of um, the, the added weirdness that actually the majority of people watching a lot of television, not just that kind of show, but a lot of television, are older, in fact. Yeah. So there's no, re- there's no reflection of that at all. It is, it is weird. I mean, I think we have an odd relationship. I think we, as a population, or we as human beings, have an odd relationship to ageing. Um, and I do. I mean, I'm very... I-, I related to a lot of what you were saying earlier about mortality and, and that fear. I completely got what you were saying about that fear of not being attractive anymore. Even when you know I'm very happily married, I have absolutely no desire to <laughs> go off with anybody else. But I would like to think that I've still got it going on. And unfortunately, you do sort of you start to get quite paranoid about it as you get a bit older. You kind of yeah. think, well, nobody could possibly, possibly find me attractive. And then you sort of think, well, actually, that's really unfair. It's just <laughs> not nice, and I don't want to think about that. I don't want to think about it either because I don't um, like thinking about you as a sexual being. Because uh, I'm, but, your, uh, I'm your older so sister. I, if, you, if anyone finds you attractive while I'm around, I'm going to... I was going to say I'm going to bat them off, but that sounds better than I bet it is. I'm not going to bat them off. Talking of people finding you sexually attractive, you should go on uh, Brick Comedy Confessions. Well, I'm going I think to you would, I tonight. think it would cheer you up a great deal. <laughs> Um, there's quite there are, there are a lot there are a lot of them. I'm not even going to read all of them and they're, they're, not, they're nice a lot of them are like can we give 30 seconds for my son to leave the room <laughs> well a lot of them I think like, for, if your son can think of it as the character rather than his own mother that these <laughs> awful things are happening to but I would remind your son that the reason he's here is because of the disgusting things <laughs> his mother once did so established it was a verse. <laughs> That's right, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yes, I'm completely straight. And yes, she's old enough to be my mother. This is written by a very, okay, uh, very young person. But me and my friend have had many a conversation on what phone sex would be like with Rebecca Front. It's the voice. You and see, that it's the gorgeous voice. voice of hers. That low voice again. Yeah. Yeah. So you're enough to turn, I'm guessing, a... You know why phone sex? You know why? Because then they don't have to look at me. (laughs) All right, that wasn't a good place to start. With the, oh, she's old enough to be my mother and (laughs) is is very unattractive. Now I I realise, how about this? Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, just, your son should definitely shut his. Uh, well, although, although thinking about it, your son uh, has fulfilled this one. Uh, oh, oh, what I wouldn't give to be between Rebecca Front's fabulous legs. <laughs> is that is that all? That's, <laughs> that's all that quite is. Well, that's little, quite nice. So that's, that's sort of. A, do you know I actually had? So, um, <laughs> I actually, <laughs> no, trust me, it's not that bad. Um, somebody tweeted me something or, or copied me in on a tweet a couple of years ago which said something like um i have this fantasy it was obviously a brief version of this but i can't do it in 134 characters or whatever i have this fantasy about a threesome with rebecca front and i thought oh hello what's this and it's no a threesome with rebecca front and scarlett johansson and i thought oh that's interesting and the threesome involved him this person whoever he was having sex with scarlett johansson and then talking to me about it. <laughs> Probably with a bag over my head, I don't know. But it was very much, you know, because she's nice. And you can have a chat with her, you know, but I'll do all the other stuff. Just waiting for it to, you yeah. know. I'd just be sitting then, there knitting. Oh, I'm ready to go again now. Sorry, excuse me, Rebecca. Uh, 
poor. I've just had sex with Scarlett Johansson. Great. Oh, pretty tell amazing. me about it. I'll put the kettle on. You tell me all about it. We'll have a lovely old chat. Uh, Rebecca Franklin, up the women. Prissy, uptight and wearing a corset. Just fuck. You know, have you seen me in Up the Women? I have. Now, Up the Women is the part where I'm actually meant to be about 65. I've got a steel grey wig, and they've, they've, they deliberately heighten the colour on my cheek so it looks like I'm about to have a, a seizure or something. I'm not attractive sounds in the like, least in Up the Women. Sounds like you're just about to come into your uh, golden era of sex. <laughs> That's <laughs> with really perverts on the internet. seriously weird. Okay, this one again is about a character. On my hands and knees. This one's weird because it doesn't sound like fancy, it sounds like something that has happened. That's why, so I just want to know, that's what I want to find out. On my hands and knees, silk around my wrists, tying me to the bed frame, Malcolm Tucker's hands knotted in my hair as I suck his cock. Is this you? No. <laughs> uh, Doctor Who, maybe, but not Malcolm Tucker. Uh, Nicola, Nicola Murray, he's got two cocks, you know, that's the, oh no, it's hearts, isn't it? Uh, Nicola, Nicola. Might have to die for lactic. Uh, Nicola Murray fucking me from behind with a strap on. I've never come so hard in my life. Which to me sounds like that, that is something that... It's not like it I would never come happen. so hard. I never came so hard in my life as when that happened. So you and Malcolm Tucker, you in character and, and Peter Cavaldi in character, had sex with someone. I'm guessing... It could be... I mean, it could be a man, it could be a woman. I'm guessing it's a woman, but could be a man did that happen it, it, <laughs> so it didn't happen i think i think okay. i would have remembered no i don't all right and what we'll do one more because i'm quite interested in the silk scarf yeah well that's, that's, that's a nice detail nice. that's the only bit that sounds quite yeah. fetching you know well you could wear that later could you? yeah it'd be yeah. lovely yeah. while i'm chatting about this bloke having sex with scarlett Johansson, i could be dapperly dressed with a silk scarf on. I think that guy would fiddle with you a bit while he was to it. I no, think, I, I, I think I, he, I think he just... Uh, very definitely did not get that feeling. I think just like, oh, I'm just, I've got to go back to Scarlett Johansson. It's fair enough. I mean, Scarlett's that's, over there. Forgive me, love. It's fair enough. Uh, Rebecca Front dominating me with endless, rough, noisy fucking. This is you on your own. This is my... De this is why I like this one. And Sue Perkins watching silently in the corner. <laughs> The good thing about that is that is that now Sue has been relegated. <laughs> but she doesn't even get to discuss it. It's like, no. you're just going to say there silently in the Sorry. corner. <laughs> Thinking up jokes for Bake Off. Neither not getting aroused by it, just not. But just watching. Just. Who are these people? Well, so, well, hopefully Sue is going to be on the show in a couple of weeks. So we'll, we'll ask her about it. We will ask whether she's up for that. Are you up? I mean, in theory, depending on who the person you are, uh, endlessly rough, noisily fucking, would you be up for that? I haven't with... got the energy for okay, that. No, I mean, true. do these people not... You know, you get tired after. Yeah. Forget it. Who it's a lot needs of, it? It's a, lot of, it's a hard work being an actor. just watch the telly. It's Fair so enough. much nicer. All right. Well... I'll ask you another an emergency question to... Please do. Because it's, I mean... You know, I didn't enjoy asking those questions to Rebecca Front. I want you to know that. I enjoyed asking uh, Sarah Millican How about... How much did you enjoy asking Sarah Millican? A lot. I really did enjoyed you, did it, Did you yeah. really because enjoy Because she was, like, the first person I've done it to who was genuinely slightly uncomfortable about it. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that is my sexual fantasy. Uh, well, I, if you go to Brit Comedy Professions, all mine are, I would like to tell lots of comedians what other people's sexual fantasies <laughs> are them are, whilst I watch their reaction. Silently. Silently 
moving around. Uh, if you could choose between having a hand made out of ham... Hand made out of what? So you didn't like my penis question, so I'm going to go more sophisticated. A hand made out of ham... you just asking me that because I'm Jewish. Um, no, I ask everyone, even if they are Jewish. OK. That is how uh, uh, unprejudiced I am. A hand made out of ham. A hand made out of ham or an armpit that dispenses sun cream. An armpit that what? That has expensive what programs are you what interviews are you doing with people that this is an unusual interview? (laughs) Think, oh, I've come here from my with my BAFTA awards. I'm not answering your question about ham hands. It's an armpit, it's got like a little nozzle in it, you go like that and some sun cream comes out. Dispenses. Yeah, dispenses sun cream. That's a brilliant idea. Or a hand made out of ham. No, no, I don't want that. No, because I'm vegetarian, I don't want that. You don't have to eat it. Sun cream. It's just a talking point. (laughs) Well, I find a BAFTA as a talking point. I have got a bronze Sony award, so... Have you? I haven't got, no, I haven't got one of those. I have got a comedy award now as okay. well, which I'm pleased about. Because um, it's about fucking time. Um, um, uh, no, I want the sun cream thing. Yeah. Mm, that's, that's very practical. That's actually a very sensible idea. If you patent that, you will have no more one, money worries ever. Okay, I'll do that. That could work. Thank you. See, I knew we'd How get... How do you actually... Do you have to, you have to kind of do, do that? Just do that, yeah. So it's... Yeah, that's not quite so good you have to do it? that and then put your hand underneath to get it so it looks like you're trying noise. to do that thing but yeah. then you just but then some sun cream, cream comes, comes out. out could you do it with things like hair gel and stuff as well oh, I don't think we can do that I think that would be a, <laughs> a blasphemy against the people have asked for different liquids inside their, gla- their armpit gland but if you start allowing that that's where madness lies if we keep going <laughs> keep going down uh, that level uh, if you could choose between, I can't remember what the choices are now of these two, between having um, a tit that dispensed uh, talcum powder, that's right, isn't it? Or a, <laughs> I have to turn to my audience now, I've asked so many of these questions, or a, a finger that could travel through time, but just your finger can travel through time. It's important, I mean, I can't believe you just don't have answers ready for these. I do, I do, Like people I do, think Richard. about these I, So I it's like thinking. enough uh, talcum powder to an endless supply of talcum powder. The sun cream is limited to the, your usage in a year, but the talcum oh, powder, you, you, could, you, could actually, you could actually just keep... If you were prepared to keep puffing mm. away, you could just sell talcum powder. Terms or, and conditions apply. Yeah, um, or no, a finger that can travel through time and you can touch things in the past or the future. Why would, surely nobody picks the talcum powder tip. No, of course they, they don't. Why would no. anybody... Everybody wants the try, time-travelling finger. Yeah. Well, then why are you asking the question? Because I just... <laughs> Just one day I'll meet the person who wants the talcum powder. And if you will... ever meet that person, yeah. will you please text me and tell okay, me? Okay, we'll do. I might, really someone might have chosen that. Where would your finger go if you could put it, <laughs> send it anywhere in time? Um, it would go back to Georgian times. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like the 18, you 1820s. Yeah, that's exactly where. 1824. <laughs> what? What? Uh, is that because it was before the police force had been established and you could get away with some crimes? <laughs> there were the Bow Street Runners were there, but the uh, Robert Peels, the Peelers, actually the Bow was he? There? Now I've got confused. Who's to know? 1840 was when Robert Peel established. Was that the Bow Street Runners he established? 
My audience have got a lot more stupid. I've noticed this. In the early days, I could ask any question and four people go, yes, Richard, that is right. Now I ask a question. And I ask a question on tour about, uh, you know, Samuel Pepys, the diarist, because uh, I do a thing about kissing people through kisses. Um, I was kissed by my 90-year-old uh, great-auntie on the lips when I was five years old. It was my first kiss on the lips. Uh, and uh, so that I explains everything. So I, have, I want to kiss a five-year-old relation of mine when I'm ninety. So that's why I don't want to die, so that I can kiss a five-year-old on the lips then, and then it's important they're at least five, so they remember it. That's the reason. Uh, and uh, I'll have straddled. It sounds perverted in the middle of this. Straddled, it's a very sweet routine. What? what I'll have spent two hundred years with two kisses, like oh, three right. different centuries. But uh, Samuel Pepys, the novelist, the diarist rather, he uh, kissed Catherine of Valois on, on the lips uh, four centuries after she died. Because uh, she was there. And this is the thing that I wanted. I've asked two audiences on tour this, because I haven't been bothered to Google it. <laughs> Whose wife was Catherine of Who was the husband of Catherine of Valois? what's gone wrong with you people I tell you the old days the old audiences were much better there was someone just straight in it was like Wikipedia I would just ask a question I think it's like Henry II or someone there we go Henry V <laughs> so you knew or have you you just holding it back so you all still know the answers we go no Rich we're not giving you free facts you struggle on your own Henry V's wife was in um, Westminster Abbey Samuel Pepys went to visit and they had just the corp they had the bodies lying just in the abbey, and Samuel Pepys kissed Catherine of Valois on the lips. He kissed a corpse on the lips? Yeah, because then he could say, I've kissed a queen. It was like a massive pervert. It's amazing that, you know, <laughs> if the Operation Neutri had been around there, we wouldn't even know Samuel Pepys, because he wouldn't yeah. be... You're not allowed to... If you've done something perverted and you get caught, you're not, your work gets struck off now, and that's it. It's like not Top of the Pops. Top is, of the Pops yeah, anymore, yeah. They can't show those Top of the Pops anymore. They, 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 they allow Michael Jackson ones still on. That's the, that's the irony, but... Uh, they were on an endless loop. I yeah. mean, I, I can't help thinking maybe it's a kind of editing process now that they're just finding a way of filtering them down. Right, we're not showing that one, we're not showing that one. Yeah, yeah you're right, there's nobody left that you can there show. Is, well, there's two Lee and Herring uh, top of the pops that are showable for the short term. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> I presented top of the pops, so I can't, you know... You presented top of the pops, yeah. did you? Yeah, twice. Why would I never get... I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Robson and Jerome really? were number one on one of them. That's, Did that's you sort of stand thing. there doing that classic Top of the Pops presenter thing, looking a bit gormless? I'm feeling up 50 yeah, strong yeah, girls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't. Well, we know There's that a good, good try of trying to catch you. No, I did not. I tell you what, I just, it was so horrible, the atmosphere in the thing. Like loads of 15 year old girls, all a bit overexcited about seeing Robson and Jerome, really smelling quite horrible, like unsweaty. Just like, that's the most perverted thing about those DJs, is that they were in the middle of that going, wee, not going, oh, God, when can I go home and get away from this, these disgusting children? Uh, which is what I was thinking. But there we go. So, you're safe with me. If you want to have me back on top of the pops, I'll just, anything on, is there anything I can do on... Can I be on, can I on Lewis? I could come on Lewis. You I could come be on Lewis, a yeah. dead body or something. I'd just be murdered. I'd just be murdered. Just, look, I'll show you... Very good. You could be a dead postman. <laughs> dead old postman. Uh, let's go Georgian times. That's good. And what would you do with your finger in Georgian times? 
Uh, oh, I don't know. What would I do with my finger in George? No, right. I'll, I'll let you off. I have no idea at all. I'd probably eat some posset. What would it take for you to fillate the actor Keith Allen? For me to fillate the actor, the actor Keith Allen, what would you... Have you ever oh, worked Keith with Keith Allen? Allen? I have worked with Keith Allen. I've not fillated him. No, sorry, um, you don't have to answer that question. I, well, I'm, you see, no, I I'm not sure anyone has, because no, well, he often gets his penis out. Does he? Well, the, 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 the genesis of this question was Matthew Crosby telling me that he'd been in a bar once and Keith Allen had entered the bar and he, as he entered he said, who wants to suck my cock? And everyone just went, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> I'm good, thanks. Yeah. I've just had a yeah. bap. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> so what, what would it take? What would you need to have in return? <laughs> what threats would you, Keith Allen have to have? It would have to be a fairly life or death situation, yeah. okay. I have to say, yes. I mean, not just with Keith Allen, but just generally speaking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a complete stranger comes up to you in a bar. Yeah. You have to be pretty dire, I think. Okay, good. That's a, that's a good mother's answer to that yeah. question. <laughs> exactly, with her son. That was very nice. Um, so, uh, cool. Well, uh, I'm sure there was something uh, very important. Something else I need to know. That I need you. to talk about. Oh, no, that done that. Done that. Uh, no, that's it. Everything um, is. Oh no, I don't want to talk. I wanted to talk about. Uh, what, what were you oh, going to say? No, I was, well, I was just going to say to you because I suddenly remembered sitting out there before listening to you talking about your forthcoming I child. I was going to ask event. about this. Yes, go on. And do you remember what I bought you for your fortieth birthday? You won't remember. Uh, I don't. I, I, all I remember alarming. about my fortieth birthday is crying and having having to go home over. <laughs> A bit overexciting. Well, you, because you and Emma Kennedy yes. shared a 40th birthday. We thing. did. And I bought, because I was struggling to think, what can I get you both for your birthday? Because, you know, what do you get people when they're 40? Um, and I bought you both a Tamagotchi. Mm. And you both killed them very yes. quickly. <clears throat> and I was just thinking about it earlier when you were talking about killing plants yeah. off and things like that. And I thought, if you can't even keep <laughs> I really tried going. as well. I worked, I worked, I'd never had did one you? before and I really tried to keep it going and it did die. Isabel Fay, who's a great comedian, uh, calls her child, she's had, just had a baby and she calls it a high-risk Tamagotchi. <laughs> which is... I remember getting a, getting a text message from Emma Kennedy about three months after her birthday, at which point I'd kind of forgotten I'd bought you the Tamagotchi. Yeah, yeah. Um, just saying, I hate your guts. <laughs> I said, why? And then she texted me back and she said, because it's finally died. And I've been trying three months she yeah. tried to keep this thing alive. Well, both of us are quite obsessive about stuff like that. So it was, a, it was kind of a, a good kind of torture present. prize to give us <laughs> both. In that we to both be an innocent kind of present. Yeah, lost much. But yeah, I, had a t- I actually had a... T- that was, I had two 40th birthday parties. Oh, was I at the B list you were No, you were at the big one, but then I had, I had a smaller one on my for actual birthday. friends, for people you actually like. Yeah, yeah. For, <laughs> for people I'm not intimidated and afraid of, uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, have too much respect for, despite the, everything I've said in this. Uh, but uh, no, because we, we had this joint one, and I really, because I was, I really got to me turning forty, and, and actually for a little bit afterwards. But then I was fine about it, and I, apart from the degeneration, I'm very happy about being uh, in my forties. Uh, but uh, I was really, I think, like my. Um, my ex-girlfriend or the girlfriend I'd just broken up with turned up at that party in with a guy, with a very very good-looking guy, oh, uh, and uh, and also there were just loads of it was a bit of like you know it was the have you seen the uh, terrible film with that guy who's now won an Oscar uh, who's um, in uh, oh, Matthew McConaughey. Mm. Uh, Girlfriends of Christmas Past or something it's called, isn't it? Have you seen this? It's a te- he's done a lot of terrible films. He's sort of like this, until he won an Oscar or got nominated for an Oscar, he was like 
He was the sliding doors of actors, basically. That was every film. If you saw him in a film, it was guaranteed to be terrible. Uh, but it's about... It was just like all my ex-girlfriends were at that party, because I stay very good friends with my ex-girlfriends, but then it was just like being haunted by the oh, failure of yeah. my romantic dreams. I got very drunk, and then I got a taxi. Two of my friends kindly took me home in a taxi because they realised how uh, you know, that I, it, I was an emotional wreck. And then I tried to persuade them to have a threesome with me. <laughs> So it was a great night. Uh, and they, and they, they said no. But in a nice way. See, I went home about 9.30. Did you? Yeah, it was yeah. it. <laughs> you were lucky. Because God knows what I'd have said to yeah. you if you'd been around once again. You give me a Tamagotchi, I never knew anyone could care this much about me. I'm going to have a threesome now and you can sit in the corner and talk to me about it after. <laughs> Uh, so that was that. But then I had another 40th birthday on my birthday. Well, I just went, went, went to the British Museum with Ben Moore. And then I had some lunch with some friends. And I went to see a Die Hard 4.0. <laughs> Which wasn't very good. Uh, and uh, then we had a curry. Was, that was nice. Well, thank you for sharing. And I was exactly for... I went to see the Piltdown... Is it the Piltdown Man? I'm really tired today. <laughs> I, should have, I should have taken the night off, really. But I thought it would be rude for all of you people... Uh, is the Piltdown Man the, the one in the uh, bog? Yeah, uh, is that Piltdown? Yeah, because yeah. I thought I'd go and see someone more fucked up and leathery <laughs> and old than me. That was what I did in the morning, and that was quite good. Ah, now I'm 47. I'd How give anything to, I'd give to be 40 now. It's weird, isn't it, the way it works? There we Funny go. Funny old game. It is, it's a terrible... But now you look like Brad Pitt, and you didn't yeah. look like Brad Pitt then. No, that's true. But then he's actually slightly older than but, me. Yeah. But now... <laughs> I'm married to someone else, so it's no good looking like Brad Pitt now. So she is, she's nice looking. She is nice. You've done well. I have done quite well. And I got her pregnant, so... <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you... Who's gorgeous? My wife, she's lovely. Yeah, leave her alone. Get out. And let, well, let's have a look at you first, and then... Uh... <laughs> uh, would you be up for having a threesome... <laughs> With a, four, a woman who's four and a half months pregnant. And disgusted. But I'll just, you can do it and I'll just, you can turn to me and go, oh, that's nice. No, okay. Uh, we won't do that. Do you have any advice for me? Uh, you have brought up two children, one of whom I've just seen. And mm -hmm. he seems to be unbroken and alive. Yes. Are you still there? Yes, I think he you might, are. I might have broken him tonight. Yeah. At least mentally. Do, is there any advice you have for me? Because Sarah Millican's never had a child, so she could give me no advice. Um, it's, I mean, not funny advice, but no. I can give you some straight advice. Okay. Proper advice, which is... Um, Listen or explain and listen. They're my two watchwords. Mm. Explain everything and listen, because you, when you hear, you know, like kids going nuts in supermarkets and all that kind of stuff, you know, tantrums. And it's you. I mean, it's not entirely because of this. Sometimes it's just that they have tantrums, but it is usually because they're not being listened to. I think so. If you explain what you're doing and if you listen to what their problem is, it works. That is my advice to you. It properly, properly works. Sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, but you've got to do that. You can I just let them have a tantrum. Yeah, you can you a know, bit. But. What I thought I'd do is say, you know, this is my house, you have to do what I say. Yeah, you can try <laughs> that. That's, That's certainly an option. <laughs> uh, I didn't ask for you to be born, I'm going to say that. 
you've ruined my life. Yeah. You can try that one as well. And my career. I used to have a yeah. career. You can try that. I'm quite, well. you know, it gives me a get out clause. That's what I think. It's fine. I'll just, I'm going to concentrate. I'm going to pretend I'm like a good father. Go, yeah, yeah I can't do any of the comedy stuff anymore because I've got to look I've got to look after my baby. Cause I'm, uh, I do that all the time. Yeah, well, I can't baby. now because I'm 16 and 13. <laughs> you know, they look after themselves. But I, you know, I have, I mean, yeah. Because you also you want to. Yeah. You actually, this is my way of making up for all the those awful sexual things that were going on before. Um, but you want to. You want to be at home with them because they're lovely and they're fun and yeah. they're nice and they're great oh. fun and I like them. Oh. But then yours might not be as nice as mine. No. <laughs> You're welcome to come problem. and babysit as much as you like. No, I've got two teenage kids who could yeah. babysit for you. Yeah, I'm not letting that one But there is, there is that. <laughs> The younger one's fine. Okay, you know, yeah. she's, she's a girl and she's yeah. sort of, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that, mine are exceptionally wonderful children. And obviously most people don't have children quite as exceptionally wonderful no. as mine. I'm, I'm really sorry about that, but that is the case. <laughs> that is, well, that's good parenting. I think it's very, it's very, what a lucky children they are to have. They are lucky children, they are. aren't they, Rich? They are. Say, I, hope I would they say they are really lucky children. <laughs> I, hope, I hope he thanks you for everything you've done. Not uh, that often, no. actually, no. But he's very sweet. I remember he was really little, and, I, and then now he's all. How did that happen? I know it's weird. Now he's a giant. He's six foot one. Thirteen or years ridiculous. ago, he was like th two years old. He used to come into rehearsals he for did. Time, Gentlemen, Please, didn't yeah. he? Do you remember Time, Gentlemen, Please? Now, uh, <laughs> he probably the does. He remembers everything. <laughs> uh, well, look, it's been really lovely uh, to talk to you. Uh, I now have to go to bed. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, with my wife and that woman. <laughs> You, take a punch. Do you want me to come along and just talk along about it afterwards? We can all, I think everyone would like to have a word with you afterwards <laughs> about what's happened in your capacity as the police chief. Yeah, with my low Lewis. voice. Yeah. Be very nice. Forgive a massive round of applause to my fantastic guest, Rebecca Brod, from off of everything in the world. Thank you very much. Richard Herring's That's the Square Theatre Podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Rebecca Front. The music you're listening to is by Pest. Thanks to Orange Mark at the British Comedy Guide and all of his little chums who helped him work that out. Thanks to everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre. Thanks to Chris Evans and everyone at GoFasterStrike.com. There's millions of them. Thanks to my producer, Ben Walker. I could literally, I could not do this if he didn't show up. There's no way it could be what he's not doing it next week. Yeah, it'd probably be all right. Uh, and thank you, this, and I'm in it as well, Richard Herring, I did most of it. And this is a GoFasterStrike.com Fuzz and Sky Potato production. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, why not pay me back by going to GoFasterStrike.com slash badges and buying a badge, or come and see me on tour, head to RichardHerring.com slash L-O-T-D-S slash tour or just the richardherring.com slash gigs and you can see if I'm coming to a town near you in 2015. I'm in London in the first week of December at the Leicester Square Theatre. Please come. It's a big theatre. Thank you.